Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Hello, everybody. This is Alex, pastor of Calvary Church. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for your support in subscribing, liking, sharing our channel with friends and family. It really means the world, and our growth over the last couple of years online has been absolutely incredible. I want to invite you to participate in a special Sunday that we have coming up on Sunday, December 10th. Sunday, December 10th is Heart for the House Sunday at Calvary Church. What is Heart for the House? It's a special offering that we all bring that goes over and above our yearly tithes. This special offering we've been saving and this goes straight to making a difference around the world. It goes to impact our city and it goes to make an influence all around the world. It's because of this offering that this year we've helped thousands of people receive food or an education, hear the gospel. And I'm telling you, your support really makes a massive difference. Would you pray about it and talk to your family and see how you can contribute and help out reach our goal of $500,000? We're all praying about it. It's a special day at Calvary where it's going to set us up to win and continue to make a difference in 2024. Thank you so much. We love our online family. Your support, really, it gets to the heart as we continue taking the gospel of Jesus Christ. We love you. Thank you for being with us. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus speaking, these are the words of Jesus. He's on a mountainside and he gives an incredible message. And in verse 13, he says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a what? Come on, on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. One more time so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Today, we're finishing this series, and if you're taking notes, I've titled this last part, Don't Forget About Heaven. Don't Forget About Heaven. I thought about it because I think it's fitting as we're closing out this series, as we're getting ready to partner with heaven. I really believe it's what Jesus is talking about when he's giving this incredible sermon. I think in the world that we live in, it's easy to forget that we actually are eternal human beings that are just living a temporary life. In fact, it reminded me of uh, when I was about nine, 10 years old, I grew up in Hialeah and I said all the time because I'm loud and proud about Hialeah. Any Hialeah people in the building today? That's right, that's right. Can anything good come out of Hialeah? Yes, it can. We're all products. 
I remember being in Twin Lakes Elementary. It was my elementary school. And uh, I remember being about 19 years old and I started looking at the chalkboard and I could not see what was on the chalkboard. It, it was blurry. And I started getting confused. I was small and young, still very young, but I, I was younger. And um, I went to church that Sunday. I grew up in a church. I mean, I grew up in a house that you could not miss church. Anybody like me, you grew up in church. My parents who are here and I love them dearly, they absolutely forced us to go to church every Sunday. And uh, it did not matter what the excuse was, you were going to church. And so I was in church every single Sunday. And I remember the same weekend, more or less, I started looking and back then we didn't have beautiful LED screens in our little church in Hialeah. We had overhead projectors. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you put the lyrics of the worship song on the overhead projector. And so every three minutes you saw somebody's hand grab the, anybody know what I'm talking about? That was our church in Hialeah. And I was trying to read the lyrics and I couldn't, it was blurry. I tell my parents, they take me to an optometrist. Come to find out, uh, I, I, I was nearsighted. I'm nearsighted. I can't see from a distance. So about 11, 12 years old, I, I, I had to start wearing glasses. And uh, I, I mean, my vision is bad. And so at 11, 12 years old, I walked around with Coke bottle glasses. And uh, there is no proof of that. Those pictures will never see the light of day. About 12 or 13, I got contacts. And to this day, I wear contacts. And if I take off contacts, I can't see a thing from a distance. Only what's close to me. And I thought about that example because I think, how many of us live this way? How many of us are overwhelmed by the things around us that we forget about heaven at a distance? We're overwhelmed. I've been there. Come on, you've been there. We're overwhelmed by the things around us, the stresses, the worries of life, the bills, the kids, the marriage. Everything seems insurmountable. I'm never going to pass this season of my life. My marriage is never going to get better. My kids are never going to get better. My financial situation is never going to improve. So many of us are nearsighted. All we see is this. And if you live like this way, you'll forget that we are eternal human beings. Life is but a vapor. We're here 70, 80, God willing, 90 years. Then we're gone. Most of us in this room, or all of us, will not be here 80 years from now. It's a sobering thought. But yet we live like if we're going to live forever here on earth. And so the things of this world overwhelm us. I put it this way, consumed by the world, we forget about heaven. Consumed by the things of this world, overwhelmed by the things of this world, we forget about eternal life and a real creator and a risen Savior. Maybe you're in here today. When's the last time you really thought about eternity? The light of eternity. That we are just spiritual beings having a physical experience. We're here for a limited time and then it's eternity forever. You and I have a spirit that is going to live forever. How often do we forget about heaven? We forget about eternity. Our world consumes us. We forget about his promises. We forget about his goodness, his grace. We forget about his provision. In fact, we, we go through this life experience, overwhelmed, consumed by it, that when we die, we look back, and as one author put it, everybody dies, but not everybody lives. How many of us go through a life experience of 70, 80 years, but then we look back, and God forbid we ever look back and say, I never truly lived my life. I lived for the here and now, consumed by the worries and stresses, but I never lived in light of eternity. Today, you know what we're doing as a church? We're lifting up our eyes. 
Why are we doing Heart for the House Sunday? Why have we been doing it for 13 years? Because it's a good reminder to us to lift up our eyes and say, hey, hey, there's more than the here and now. We are living life in light of eternity to tell the world that there is a good God, that there's a Father who loves them. Come on, that Jesus comes to give eternal life. Oh, come on, today, let's live a bigger life. Can I get an amen? Let's live for something bigger than ourselves. Not overwhelmed or consumed by the here and now. I put it this way, live a life that points to Christ. Today, my, my prayer is that you and I would be encouraged, edified, inspired to live a life that points people to Jesus. That wherever we go tomorrow, whether it's our offices, our schools, a friend, the family's house, the people around us would say, I spent some time with them and it caused me to look up and remind me about heaven. That's my prayer. The men of God of the past, there was a famous preacher in the 1800s that spent so much time with God that he would leave his house and his, his face would shine brightly. One of his neighbors hated God, was an atheist, and he spent an afternoon with him having coffee and he said, if I spend more time with him, he'll convince me to become a Christian. Oh, come on, that's the kind of lives that we should live. That wherever we go, people say, there's a light about you. There's this peace about you. There's this hope about you. Come on, we're telling the world, don't forget about heaven. We talked about this now going on five weeks. Jesus is on the side of a hill giving the best sermon of all time. We just grabbed a, a small piece of it to talk about it, but I've said go and read it. It's absolutely amazing. It covers Matthew chapters five all the way through seven. And Jesus is giving this beautiful sermon. And then he gets to verse 13 where he starts to describe how you and I should live. Are you my follower? Do you truly love me? Then this is how I want you to live your life. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill. It's where we grabbed our sermon title from, or our series title from, City on a Hill. And then he said, I want you to shine your light. You and I are called to shine our light for Jesus. That job is not up to a building. It's not up to some people. It's every single one of us. You were called to shine. Shine, baby, shine. Can I get an amen? And so Jesus says, shine. The last phrase that we're going to look at, we looked at being salt, being light, being a city, and shining. You can shine through your talents, treasures, and testimonies, what we said last week. Why? Why should we shine with all of that? And Jesus at the end says, so that they may see your good works and then glorify your Father who is in heaven. So we've been talking about this that all Jesus says in 13 through 16, it's an overwhelming responsibility of you and I. Becoming a believer of Jesus has some responsibility attached to it. One of it is that when we live our lives, it's gonna cause people to look up. In other words, how you and I live when we leave this building can either cause people to look down or cause people to look up and remember heaven. How we live our lives can cause people to look up and remember there's a Father who loves them. Jesus says, let them see your good works so then they will remember and glorify their Father in heaven. That's our job as a church. That's our job as followers of Jesus Christ. So that wherever we go around the city of Miami, wherever we go around this planet, this rock called earth, people will come into contact with me or you. And by the way, we love, 
by the way we pray, by the way we forgive, by the way we encourage, by the way we give. Oh, they'll look up and we'll tell them, don't forget about heaven. Heaven is for you. Heaven is on your side. Heaven has your back. There's a good father who loves you. There's a God who's on your side and he has the best in mind for your life. Come on, that's our lives. We encourage people to look up. Can I get an amen? Don't forget to look up. Don't forget your father who is in heaven. Let's do that for the city of Miami. Can I get an amen? So what do we do? If we don't want people to forget about heaven, what do we do? I think there's three things that we should do and then we'll, we'll give our offering and then worship one more time. and We'll have an incredible Sunday. Today the dolphins don't play so we don't have to stress or worry about the things of this world. Three things I think we, we shouldn't forget. Number one, don't forget to go. Somebody shout go. Don't forget to go. I think often as followers, believers of Jesus Christ, we forget we are not called to stay comfortable. We're called to go. Go into all the world. Yesterday, um, our baby girl, Aria, turned a year old. And uh, yep, yep. We actually had the same birthday. So it was our birthday yesterday. I know I, I look like I turned 21. I turned 40. I joined the 40 club yesterday, but it was Aria's birthday. And how many know now that we have the same birthday, it's her birthday. It's no longer my birthday. And it was a long day. We did a little party for her, but it was a long day preparing for that. At the end of the day, I was absolutely exhausted. I was exhausted. I was on the couch. I'm like, oh, thank God it's over. And then it goes, babe, it's time to open the toys. And I knew what that meant. It meant I was going to become a toy builder at the end of the day. I was comfortable on the couch, but I realized, oh, the party's over in one sense, but now the work begins to build the toy. I was thinking about it now because I thought so many of us, we come to Jesus, my God, I used to be a drunk, I used to be a liar, I used to be a cheater, I used to be a mess. You come to Jesus, we enjoy it, then we get comfortable. <sighs> Sit back on the couch, kick off our shoes, Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And for sure, we should be absolutely grateful until the day that we die that God has been so good to us. But don't forget, there's people who are still lost. There's people who are still needy. Oh, come on. We are not going to stay comfortable. I'm going to get off the couch and I'm going to go help the lost. I'm going to go after the lost. I'm going to go after those that need Jesus. Oh, if it takes my time, I'm going to do it. If it takes my treasure, if it takes my testimony. Come on, we're going to be a church that doesn't stay comfortable. Can I tell you, five, seven, eight, nine years ago, we could have been very comfortable and not invited more people. We would have had a lot more space right now. <laughs> we are very tight. <laughs> I think it was Nathan a few weeks ago that was here. He spoke about how uncomfortable it is to belong to a church that is making a difference. Nobody likes being in tight spaces. I know I'm the only one who enjoys this. It's like you don't go to a movie theater and you look around, you're like, Oh my God, the movie theater is packed. There's nowhere to sit, babe. Let's go. This is awesome. We're going to enjoy this movie. Nobody. Right? You walk in, and when you see an empty movie theater, what do you do? You celebrate. I'm going to take five chairs. I'm going to put the popcorn on one chair, my soda on another. I'm putting my feet on the seat in front of me. Nobody likes a packed movie theater. But as long as there are lost people, we're going to have a packed church. And so our prayer is that we would have that revelation We'll pick up friends on Sunday morning and say, get in my car. I'm taking you to the house of God. I can't stay comfortable. We are called to go. Somebody shout go. 
I heard a preacher say this one time, we don't curse the darkness, we go to the darkness. It's easy for us as a church to sit back, can't believe people are doing it. You go in there and you shine your light. Several weeks ago, there was a massive tragedy in our city and a family lost their son, 15 years old. Absolutely tragic, horrific, heartbreaking. I'm proud of our church that when tragedy happens, we don't shy away from it. They're like, oh, we step in there. Two of our pastors, Pastor John, Pastor Arnold, they, they went and visited the family because somebody that knew somebody came here. And what do you do in moments like that? As a church, you know what we're called to do? Just be there. Sometimes it's not what we say, it's just our presence. You don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. You put it on a stand so that it gives light to the whole room is what Jesus is saying. So I want you to know, as a church, as long as there's darkness, we're going to go. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without shepherd. I, my prayer is honestly that all of us who are part of this church, we don't look at Miami and complain about it. We see them like sheep without a shepherd. I know, I know people can be rude. I know our city's crazy. I know we're all moving a million miles an hour. Can we stop, pause, and say, Lord, help me be a light, salt, a city to shine so that when they see the good works, they'll glorify their Father in heaven. In other words, they'll come into a relationship. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus gave us a commandment. If you're new to this Christian faith, you just started following Jesus, Jesus gave us a commandment right at the end. He says, all authority in heaven, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, has been given to me. Now go. By the way, this is a command. In the Hebrew, it's literally a command. Jesus said, now go, therefore, and make disciples of only three nations. Right? 30 nations. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus said, go. Today, we do hard for the house because it's a good moment to reflect. Am I going? Am I going? Maybe I can't go to India. Maybe I can't go to Cuba. Maybe I can't go to Costa Rica. My treasure can. And I can be a light in the darkness. We can do this together in Jesus' name. Don't forget to go. Number two, don't forget to provide. Don't forget to provide. What's become very popular in culture in our world, especially with social media, it's that when tragedy strikes, we all say, oh, praying for you, praying for you, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. I've said this all the time. I, I think we should be absolutely praying. It's the first thing that we do. But I think we should also have some action steps behind our prayer. Heart for the House allows us that when tragedy strikes, we step in not just with prayer, but we step in with provision. Earlier this year, we found out through people in our community that work with law enforcement and whatnot, there was a, a mom who was giving birth to twins and in labor, she passed away. She left behind five kids. As a church, what do, what do we do? It's easy to say, pray for them. Anybody, pagans can do that. 
pagans that don't even believe in God, praying with them, right? As a church, we step in and we provide food, we provide clothing, we provide resources, because that's what we do. It's the church of Jesus Christ. And again, I, I can tell you stories on end. We won't have enough time of all the little things that happened. You just saw a video of 13, 14 minutes of highlights, but, but I'm telling you, all that is attached to stories. A father who had a heart attack earlier this year, a single dad, has two kids, had a heart attack, was out of work for three months. Not that he didn't want to work a responsible man, but was out of work. The wife is not in the picture. Mom is not in the picture. We step in and provide for those kids for those three months. And we were able to cover the rent for three months because the church responded in such a massive way last year. Come on, we just don't pray. We provide as well. Want to see people get back on their feet. Can I get an amen? We don't stay comfortable and we don't stay selfish. We step out into the darkness, but we step into the issues and provide. Paul, giving a, an echo of what Jesus said and what we just read, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. And look at what he says. Everyone should give whatever they have decided in their heart. They shouldn't give with hesitation or because of pressure. God loves a cheerful giver. Right, today we're giving not like, no, we're giving because God has been so good to us. God loves a cheerful giver. And then he, I love this part. He says, God has the power to provide you with more than enough of every kind of grace. That way, you will have everything you need always and everything to provide more than enough for every kind of good work. Didn't Jesus say, let them see your good works? Paul says, God's going to provide you with more than enough for those good works. As it is written, he scattered everywhere. He gave to the, meet, to the needy. His righteousness remains forever. What is Paul there doing there? He's quoting Psalm 112 that says, those that are righteous and lend and give, they will be remembered forever. In other words, you live more than for the here and now. Paul says, live this kind of life. The one who supplies seed for planting and bread for eating will supply and multiply your seed and he'll increase your crop, which is righteous. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous in every way. And then he says, such generosity produces thanksgiving to God through us. Exactly what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. I've said this story countless times, but if you're new here, I want to tell you, last year we worked with Compassion. Compassion helps out kids all over the world, a Christian organization. I traveled with them to Africa years ago and shared a little bit of that, but last year, we asked them, hey, where is your biggest need? Compassion, where are you having the most trouble? And they said, Togo, Africa. Togo, Africa has a bunch of kids that have never been sponsored. We haven't even been able to open a center there. How much does it cost to open up a center? And they said, $20,000. And immediately we send over the $20,000 because of what we all gave last year. Those kids now don't just get food or education. They get the gospel. They hear about a father in heaven. So like Paul says, or like Jesus says, when they see our good works, they now look up and they don't forget that heaven is on their side, that there's a God who loves them. There's a God who is for them. All your good works will make them glorify their father in heaven. They are worshiping today because you and I gave. Come on, that's the gospel. Number one, 
Don't forget to go, number two. Don't forget to provide, number three. Don't forget to proclaim. We'll finish with this today. We're wrapping up. Don't forget to proclaim. In other words, all that we do today, we're not philanthropists. We are preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not, we're not talking about this is not philanthropy. Let's go out and be the most philanthropic people of all time. That's good. I'm, I'm glad that exists. The difference between philanthropists and evangelists is that we take the gospel. We fill their stomachs, but then tell them there's a God who loves them. Jesus came, he died, and he resurrected on the third day. We got to tell the world, the world is in darkness. The world is lost, confused. I don't have to convince you. I don't have to persuade you. You and I know, we know co-workers, friends, and family that today are looking for hope and peace. And they are lost and confused. So we're going to keep turning on the lights. We're going to keep being the salt. We're going to be the city on a hill. And we're going to go out. We're going to step in. And then we're going to speak up. Jesus is the only way. And I want you to know, if you've been part of this church for the last 20-something years, the last seven years, we will never be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God for unto salvation. We won't compromise the message ever, ever. No matter where the world goes, we will continue to say, Jesus is the only way. We got to say it loud. We got to say it proud because people are looking. Heard countless stories, just talking to the pastors this morning of people who saw a flag. Why do you guys put so many flags out there? If Cirque du Soleil is putting tents and flags, you better believe I'm going to put tents and flags. I'm not inviting you to a circus. I'm inviting you to come meet the creator who loves you and is for you. I'm going to proclaim it. I'm going to try to get on every billboard, every television station, every radio news outlet, every flag. We're going to make a noise that Jesus is alive. He's the Savior. He is the only one that can give peace and hope to the world. Come on, that's the gospel. That's the gospel that we proclaim. Matthew chapter 10, we'll finish with this. Jesus says, and proclaim as you go. In other words, Jesus says, wherever you go, I want you to say this out loud. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Go heal the sick, go raise the dead, go cleanse the lepers, go cast out demons. You and I, this is not for a pastor. This is not just for an evangelist. This is not just for those that sit in the front row. This is for every single believer of Jesus Christ. Go out and proclaim. Tell your neighbors, tell your co-workers, tell your family, tell your friends. The kingdom of God is at hand. There's a God who loves them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to help them, heal them, restore them, all in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? And we're going to cause the people around us not to forget about heaven. Don't forget about heaven. You and I today, let's not forget. We live in light of eternity. Today, I want you to grab your offering envelopes and uh, we're going to give in just a moment. Maybe you didn't come prepared. You have no idea. Again, I'm not going to ask you to give any amount. I'm going to ask you to pray. And I would love if you can partner with us. We're going to do something special today. And we've never done it this way, but really sensed it in my heart. I think there's something beautiful. We're actually going to put our offering containers on the platform. And I think there's something beautiful when we step out of our seats and come down and drop something off in God's altar. And although this is just a platform, I think there's something beautiful about taking a step of faith. Last year, we raised over $400,000. This year, we're believing for $500,000. And however you would want to partner with us, we appreciate it. I want you to know that everything that we've done as a church, everything, everything, the past seven years, the past 22 years, has not been because of one person that 
donated or this person. It's, it's been a group effort. In fact, what we say at Calvary here all the time is that Calvary is not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but on the sacrifice of many. This church, what we built, what we've done is not built on the gifts and talents of just a few people. Last year, we didn't raise $400,000 because one person gave $350. No, it was all of us bringing the sacrifice. Today, some of our partners, Kingdom Builders, Dream Team, they're all not giving equal amounts. We're all giving with sacrifice, equal sacrifice. The family that's today sacrificing to give $40,000 is the same sacrifice as the family that's giving $2,000. Jesus looked at the widow that gave two mice, and she said she actually gave more than all the Pharisees that are giving all these big offerings. It's a sacrifice of the heart that matters. God, my heart is in this house. Because it's in this house, David said, I'm going to give over and above all I've given. The band's going to lead us in some time of worship. And again, I'm just going to ask you to pray on how the Lord will lead your family. A lot of us already came prepared because we've been talking about this for months, especially if you've been here for four, five, six, seven years. But why don't we pray that God would just bless this time, bless our giving, and then we're all going to give together. And... Uh, Worship team is going to lead us in this song. Father, we love you. We thank you. Speak to our hearts today as uh, we remind our community, our city, and our world not to forget about him. Let's pray. I'm going to ask Diana to pray for all of our giving today, all of the pastor, staff, team. We're all giving sacrificially today. In fact, if you have your envelope with you or however you're giving, I know there's different ways that you can give. Some of us are giving online or through text. However it is, I want you to grab an envelope in your hand as a symbol. And uh, let's pray over it. I'm going to ask Anna to pray over our giving today that God will multiply it and that 2024 will continue to change the world together. Come on, let's pray together. Let's pray, God. We thank you this morning, God, first for the privilege that it is to be used by you, God, to understand, God, that you've called us not to stay comfortable, God, that you've called us not to just enjoy the things you've given us, but to give back, to point people to you, God. So this morning, we come before you with a heart full of faith, expectation, God, stretching our faith, sacrificing, and we just pray, God, that you will use our resources this morning, God, that you will multiply them, God, that they will be a pleasing um, sacrifice and offering to you, Jesus. We pray for every person that is here this morning that is giving, God. You know their hearts, you know the sacrifice that they've had to go through, Jesus, to bring this offering this morning. And we pray, God, that you will continue to use their lives, to multiply their finances, God, to bless their lives, bless everything that they do, Jesus. We pray for this offering this morning, God. Multiply it, Jesus. Open the right doors of opportunity for where it is going to go, God. You already know the people we are going to bless, the countries that will be blessed, God, the families that will receive Jesus, this blessing. And we thank you, God. We thank you this morning that as all of us come together with faith and sacrifice, Jesus, our city will be better. Our country will be better. Our world will be better, God. And we will continue to do this until the whole world knows you Jesus we thank you God we thank you for this honor we thank you for this offering this morning bless it in the name of Jesus and send it to change the world and change lives we love you and we thank you in Jesus name amen, amen. I want us to stand up to our feet all across this place we're gonna do something listen to me I know it's gonna be a little tight it's the 11 a.m. but I really felt in my heart there's something powerful about taking a step of faith and 
leaving your rows. This is what we're going to do. We're going to use the middle rows. I want everybody to go toward the middle rows. Come down. We have containers in the front. And you and your family, give it together as you're praying, as you're worshiping. You come down the aisles, and we'll use the side aisles to go back to our seats. And we're all going to do it together. And so as the band goes back into this song, I want you to go left and right. Go down the middle. Make way. Go down the middle. Come down the middle of the aisles as we give our gift. Come on, let's sing this out. Let's lift up our hands. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for this special, special day as we all make a commitment and partner with heaven to remind the world that there is a risen Jesus. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. I love you, church. We'll see you next Sunday as we celebrate Christmas. Come on, let's sing it out one more time.